the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome to Briefcast 55 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. It's usually when I come to you guys solo without my special teams unit, but frequently we have been entertaining guests and we've been uh, able to have very interesting conversations over the last several episodes. And that's a formula that we'll probably stick with until I can get the gang all together like we used to. And if you haven't had a chance to check that out, go to wadeswordproductions.com and check out all past episodes and you can catch everything that's Devin Wade from the, the stuff on stage that's coming up. It's not a lot of stuff there yet, but the things are coming up. In addition to that, the Friday Express, my TFE family, and of course, uh, Sports Talk with Devin Wade. A little info on KTSU Sports Talk as well. So a lot going on on the website, wadeswordproductions.com. Want you to subscribe there. That way you can get on the email list and get emails from us infrequently, not daily, not weekly even. Um, but we, uh, from time to time, email you guys to keep you abreast of what's going on. And that's a great way for me to reach out to you all. In addition to that, want to remind you of the ways you can reach me on social media. You can go to Twitter at WadesWord, W-A-D-E-S-W-O-R-D. Instagram, not so much, but a little bit, D-Wade909. And, of course, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page and group. The group is fun. The group is a whole lot of fun, a lot of information. I frequently put poll questions on there so you guys can answer those and be interactive in that way. In addition to that, there's a lot of folks who post about their favorite team, about their favorite player, about a headline they want to share with all of us. So it's a great way to get involved with everything. In addition to that, most importantly, the sports line. The Sports Talk with Devin Wade sports line, that's 832-941-6614. That's 832-941-6614, 24 hours a day. You can record your messages. And I mentioned this last time out, but we are going to find a way to reward you guys who are very interactive. We may have a call of the month or uh, something and maybe even have an opportunity for you guys to uh, do a segment with me. By phone, or maybe even come to the studio if you are in the greater Houston area. We may be able to work that out. It may be something that is very, very doable. But the most important thing is that we want to be as interactive as we can. I know we have folks listening all over the world. Our analytics tell us so. We know where you're listening. Uh, we want you guys to be more interactive. So it doesn't matter if you're working in Dubai or Saudi Arabia. You can call us during a day shift for you guys, 24 hours a day. Leave a message and we will include it. And it's very important because this is a very important podcast because, well, I mean, I, they all are, but we are paying homage and really talking a little bit about the tragic loss of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the seven other folks who are aboard a helicopter that crashed on Sunday and just tragically took the life of uh, somebody who I didn't realize the extent to which uh, touched the world in, in ways that I didn't quite I didn't quite expect, and you say that knowing that he's one of the most popular basketball players in the last 50 years, maybe even more. So it's a huge, huge deal. He's an international star, and it's a huge loss, and we will talk about that. And to join us to talk about that, I am honored and excited to have a conversation with former Willow Ridge Eagle, 
Now, for those of you who aren't in the greater Houston area, that may not mean anything, but former Willow Ridge Eagle, former Duke Blue Devil, former Los Angeles Clipper, and former what international basketball player Daniel Ewing had an opportunity to visit with him on KTSU Sports Talk not so long ago, uh, but this time out we have an opportunity to get his perspective, and he has a unique perspective because, like I said, he played in the NBA. He played. He actually had an opportunity to guard Kobe Bryant. In addition to that, he played internationally, so he understands the impact of the game all over the world and uh, just a, a fellow human being. So he has a unique perspective, and we will get to that. So not a very long briefcast this time out. Won't get into a lot. Won't get into Super Bowl weekend. We're going to do a separate episode for that. But again, if you are still wanting to comment on Kobe, 832-941-6614. With that, let's get into some headlines. In headlines, we won't go into a lot because, for the most part, this is all about the Kobe Bryant tragedy. But if you are in the great Houston area, if you're in H-Town, if you're a Houston Astros fan, if you're a Houston Texans fan, maybe and probably you're unhappy about one or the other or both of the hirings or title upgrades by one or both of the teams. Seems like, I guess it's all but official, but I think Dusty Baker, as of the time when I'm recording this, Dusty Baker is likely the new manager uh, for the Houston Astros. Reports are that he has signed a two-year deal to sort of be a stopgap after the all of the controversy uh, related to uh, the World Series and the cheating scandal and all of those uh, all of those things that I am tired of apologizing for. I heard uh, somebody Kershaw said uh, that he didn't feel like there was enough contrition from the Astros. Look, I'll tell you like this. I said I'm wrong, <laughs> and this is my philosophy for the Astros. I said I'm wrong. I admitted I was wrong. I cooperated with the investigation. I told you everything I knew, and I've apologized. Beyond that, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to spend the rest of the year apologizing for something that happened a couple of years ago that everybody else was doing too. So I will be on this probably for the majority of the spring and summer. And I'm hoping that our guys, our Houston Astros, can rally around this, come together, and prove to the world that they didn't need trash cans and cameras to get to the World Series. They didn't do it in 2019. They didn't need it in 2019. They were exonerated by the investigation in 2019 in both the regular season and the postseason. So nothing there. And they still came to within a couple of innings of being the 2019 World Series champion. So, I, you know, I'm I'm not doing it. I, we're done apologizing, but I love the hire of Dusty Baker. I'll get more to into that in the next episode, which will be the Super Bowl edition, but we will get into that. And if, uh, if you're not upset about that, if you're excited about that, great, because I'm excited about that because it's the best-case scenario given a set of circumstances this organization has brought upon itself. And so you you've dealt been you've dealt yourself this hand of cards, and this is a guy, Dusty Baker, lifelong Dodger. Although you know we most people 
Well, not lifelong, because he Atlanta Braves with uh, with Hank Aaron early in his career. So he was he learned under Hank Aaron. But uh, for my part, he was a Dodger on the field and one of our rivals in the NL West back in the day, National League West. But of course, managed for the Nationals, the Cubs, uh, San Francisco Giants. He's a he, he's a, a really really good manager, and I like to hire. We'll get more into that in the uh, future episodes of the podcast. The other news is. How about this for a kick in the teeth? You give up a 24-point lead and lose a playoff game to the Kansas City Chiefs who are playing in the Super Bowl this weekend. And how does the team handle this? Okay, you get rid of Romeo Cornell. Move him out of the way. Anthony Weaver is now your new defensive coordinator. Nothing. Nothing happens to Bill O'Brien but an upgrade. <laughs> so, and it's not that it's a true upgrade because as the release stated from the Houston Texans, Bill O'Brien has sort of been the acting GM for the last eight months. I tend to think it's been a lot longer than that, but we don't know the inner workings of the organization. But he has been acting since the Brian Gaines firing. He has been acting as the GM. It's been GM by committee. And Cal... McNair, who we held out a little bit of hope for. I don't know about you guys. I held out a little bit of hope for the fact that he might be a little bit better of a football owner for the Houston Texans. Turns out, not so much. He says that they're happy with their progress. They're happy with their results. But I go back to something that Santana Dotson said on this podcast. If you are a head coach with a 24-point league, a team spots you 24 points, and you can't win that game, what game can you win? How is this going to look? And this is coming off of a loss last year at home to the Indianapolis Colts. May, and Kevin Allen, the Silver Fox, has been saying this for a long time. The fans are happy with mediocrity. Well, we certainly think the organization is after a move like this. But, it's, again, it may just be semantics. I mean, I think everybody kind of understood the buck stopped with Bill O'Brien anyway. I think the, the thing that chides everybody and, and you make, it makes you want to wince and get really upset in some cases is to say, oh, yeah, we're happy with the progress. We like the way things have been going. You like the way the thing. See, and this is where I'm not hearing the uproar of fans canceling it there. Uh, season tickets a lot of it goes back to psls and a lot of people won't go they'll just sell the tickets they won't go anymore but they'll buy the initial season tickets and just sell them off game by game to get their money back and hold out hope that in the coming years the team will be better it's not like the old days where people just like nah i'll abandon this Uh, i'll go to the houston roughnecks games in the spring they're not doing that. So, you know, nonetheless, it's a situation where the Houston Texans are just the Houston Texans. And I have not. I'm a lifelong Houstonian, native Houstonian, born in St. Joseph's Hospital. And I can tell you this. Grew up in South Park, three, four miles away from the Astrodome, three X's away from the Astrodome. And I can tell you this, I have never been a Houston Texans fan. And that's just sort of the way it is. It's just, 
I don't like the way they go about their business, and this solidifies something. I don't like Bill O'Brien's style. I don't like his personality. I don't like the way he runs the organization like he's Bill Belichick without the pelts on the wall. I don't like any of those things. Uh, but we'll get more into that as well in future episodes, and I will not give you my Super Bowl prediction. I will wait instead for the next the uh, next podcast uh, before I give you that, and I'll have an expert or two or some folks with some comments. In the meantime, if you do have a comment on the Super Bowl or anything else, please call me at 832-941-6614. 832-941-6614. With that, I want to take a time out, and when we come back, I am going to talk a little bit about Kobe Bryant, and we will have the We the People segment. This is Briefcast 55, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on Apple Podcasts, on KTSURadio.com, and on any major platform that you get your podcasts. Sports Talk with Devin Wade wants to thank our sponsor, Kofi Bankus and CoBank Homes. The vision at CoBank Homes is simple, and it stems from the belief that clients can trust CoBank to guide them to realize one of, if not the single largest investment decision they will ever make, their home. CoBank simply looks to build lifelong relationships through service. They do this by using faith, knowledge, and technology to guide clients through the process of achieving their real estate goals. Be it buying, selling, or investing in real estate, contact Kofi at 832-757-7950. That's 832-757-7950. CoBank Homes through Keller Williams. Welcome back to Briefcast 55 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast. Man, 55 briefcasts in 81 full podcasts. In addition to that, another probably 10, 15 specials and different episodes that uh, we've done. So we're getting up there in the number of shows we've done. But this time out, uh, Daniel Ewing is still coming up, former Willard Ridge Eagle, Duke Blue Devil, NBA and international basketball player uh, to give us his unique perspective on the passing of Kobe Bryant. In addition to that, no Lamont Award this time, but I certainly appreciate you guys submitting and hitting me up, telling me who should be the Lamont Award recipient of the podcast. Of course, uh, that's for the big dummy of the podcast. Not one this time. I want to remind you folks, you still can email us at music at wagewordproductions.com if you're a fledgling artist and you want your music or your mixes heard on this podcast. The genre does not matter. We've had country, jazz, a lot of hip-hop, a lot of hip-hop, gospel. We've had all sorts of music so far. And if you are an artist and you want your music heard or a mix heard, submit it to us. Just uh, radio edit. We want it to be relatively clean and and uh, it, we will play a portion at the halfway point and the entire mix or an extended portion of the mix at the end of the show. With that, I want to uh, give uh, my perspective on what happened to Kobe Bryant. Like everybody else, I have been sort of in this malaise of sadness and shock since I, I found out about the death of Kobe Bryant. 
I was notified. I actually had unplugged from sports for a moment. Uh, there, nothing was going on but the Pro Bowl. I was not going to watch the Pro Bowl, so I sort of unplugged and was doing my thing. And uh, my best friend, Haywood Jeffries, called me and said, hey, uh, you might want to check. Hey, they're saying that Kobe died. And I'm like, nah. So I went to CNN, and I went to ESPN and NBA television. Nothing was there. Then I went on Twitter, and you saw, okay, what well, TMZ was reporting it. And then you kind of waited for official sort of notification from a credible news source. And soon enough, sure enough, CNN came. And just the, the way everything transpired, there are a lot of levels to this thing. But the first thing that stood out to me over the, the days that followed his passing was the fact that we talk about it and we minimize sports. Oh, it's just a game. It's just, oh, uh, who cares about a bunch of men running around in shorts with a basketball or throwing a football around? Who cares? It's just a game. It's not important. Until you see the importance of a life of a superstar in an athletic endeavor. It's so much more important than we give it credit for. When you think about it, just this year, if you want to get into the social movement started by, I mean, you can go back to Ali and even further back. But the the things that athletes do are so much more important and it's so easy to just write these people off until you see what happened Sunday and in the subsequent days. This guy has millions and millions of people around the world affected, inspired to move forward with his legacy, but in grief and sadness for him, for what he meant to them and what he means to women all over the world. And I say women, and, and I'll get to that portion, but as a basketball player, his devotion, his dedication, and his success in Los Angeles created just this love affair with the city of Los Angeles. Now, I'm in Houston, so we were never, I was never a huge Kobe guy. I mean, that, this was after the Rockets' heyday, after they won their championships, and we were trying to find our way with Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming. And I mean, it was 20 years, so it was a long, long time. Several eras of the Houston Rockets had come and gone since he started his career. But I just never, never. Shaq and Kobe fan from that standpoint. It wasn't until towards the end of his career that I appreciated his tenacity, his dedication to every single night wanting to win. Because in comparison to this new generation, these guys are, are sharp on a lot of different levels. They're more socially active in some ways. They understand the situation in. LeBron and a lot of these guys know they're about gaining control. They're about branding. They're about so many other things. Kobe, while he may have been about all those other things, first, foremost, first, last, and middle, he was about winning. He was about defeating the opponent. And that kind of tenacity sort of evolves and, and resonates throughout society. Like, we want to be that guy. He's the guy that's the gladiator that we want ourselves to be. Now, we in many cases no matter what your walk of life is we fall short of that not being the best that we can be but his his message the mamba mentality that's i've heard so many times since his passing it resonates for people it's that i'm going to double down i'm going to work harder than anybody else i'm going to be the best me that i can be and that reminds us it reminds me that his life and the sport of basketball, the sport of uh, football, all of these sports, they have so much more meaning in our lives than we give them credit for. So when you see that happen and you see 
you reflect really quickly because the last thing that I saw the night before he passed away was LeBron passed him. I woke up about three or four in the morning. I saw a tweet talking about how uh, from Nick Wright about how LeBron was better than Kobe in all these different categories. And to know that hours later Kobe would be dead, it's just a tremendous shock. And I think again we associate we see our own mortality in a death of somebody that collectively we admire or, or love in some cases. The city of Los Angeles, I just didn't realize, I knew that was Kobe's town because we've heard it since LeBron got there. No matter what LeBron does, it's Kobe's town. Now, for me, it's Magic's town. But forever from now on, it's Kobe's town. And Kobe had a love affair with that city that uh, a few athletes have in any city ever. But beyond that, he it transcended the Los Angeles area. But you're seeing a major, major outpouring in the, the artwork and the uh, the Rubik's Cube portrait and the the tributes from athletes and civilians alike. I, I think I like hearing more from the, the, the everyday person that really he meant something to them. To harken back to my youth, had this happened to somebody, I guess I can equate it to how I felt about you know Michael Jackson and what Michael Jackson meant to me as an artist. I wasn't as moved as some of these people are about Kobe, but it really affected me. Well, I was emotional about that. And to see the grief of all of these guys and to see the 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 phone calls he made behind the scenes and the the correspondence he sent to media people and people in other walks of life, just what he did for other people is a tremendous reflection on what kind of human being he was. And I think the other thing, and I go back to the women, what he means for women, he was a huge advocate for women's sports. Not that women necessarily need a man to validate them. He really went out of his way to say, hey, this is a real deal. And I think that he has supported the United States women's national team in soccer. He really supported the WNBA, and he spoke to empower women. Again, not that a man has to validate or empower women, but he was supportive of all of those things in a way that you have not seen many other male athletes, especially superstars. He was consistently up front saying, hey, these women are awesome. And, of course, the, the story that L. Duncan from ESPN told about how Kobe was excited to have daughters and was excited to teach his daughter uh, the game of basketball and really let uh, let her sort of take over, uh, take the helm from him as the basketball player in the family. Not disappointed at all that he didn't have sons. He was really excited to have a daughter sort of carry the family name forward in the, the sport of basketball. And by all accounts, she was on her way. And that sort of magnifies it on a whole nother level. And just the other folks who were just doing what any of us would do. Can you imagine if your daughter played on Kobe's team? You're like, hey, you don't have to drive. You can ride up with us. We're taking a helicopter. And you're like, man, of course. Yeah, how cool is that? We're taking a helicopter to the game with Kobe. And to see that something so innocent ended the lives of so many people, it just, it really is just sad. And the symbolism, it really, again, reminds me of how big sports are in our society and it's not just a game because there'll be people who will move forward in their lives and better themselves because they were inspired by Kobe Bryant. There are people who will mend relationships because of the sudden death 
of Kobe Bryant. There are people who probably picked up the phone and buried the hatchet on a number of issues around the world because a basketball player that they have never met in many cases because of the way he lived and uh, his sudden death. So that's a, a huge thing. The other real quick thing I want to get into about this is the media angle. Now, as tragic as, as all of these uh, stories are and all the things that happen, one thing lost in this is the situation with Rick Fox. Rick Fox was reported to be aboard the helicopter. So for a while, I don't know if it was five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, a couple of hours, friends and family of Rick Fox thought he was dead. And the irresponsibility of the media in that situation is striking. It, it was just, everybody's in a race to be first. And so as the story unfolded, it, first it was Kobe. And then you worry, well, was his family aboard? And then they said, no, none, his family was not aboard. But Rick Fox was aboard. There were five people aboard, and Rick Fox was one of them. And as the day kind of unfolded, we find out that Gianna uh, Gigi was on the helicopter with Kobe, and we realized that Rick Fox wasn't and there were nine people not just five and of course they'll get into uh, the nuts and bolts of what happened but it, it, it's irrelevant to the masses because nothing that can happen in this situation will make you feel better about the tragedy that was involved I think about other sports tragedies you talk about uh, a guy that stood out to me uh, was Hank Gathers I know Thurman Munson, a lot of people talked about. Hank Gathers was a, he was a lesser known guy, but just see this young man in the prime of his life fall dead uh, on a basketball court. That was, that was shaking for me. It was a really difficult situation. A uh, basketball player, Loyola Marymount, uh, Hank Gathers was. So uh, Dale Earnhardt, I watched Dern, Dale Earnhardt die live on television. It was unbelievable. Uh, and I was, I'm not a NASCAR fan by any stretch, but that's their Super Bowl. And at that time, NASCAR was on the come up. I think it's sort of been divisive now uh, and along political lines. And I think people have retreated back to their corner. And I think that uh, NASCAR has peaked out as high as it's going to go. But at that time, Dale Earnhardt and all these guys were, they were blossoming. Uh, Tony Stewart and Jeff Gordon, they were, they were, you know, they were breaking out of just tobacco road heroes or whatever. And the popularity was growing. And on the very first race of the year, Dale Earnhardt died on the last lap. And that was a shocking thing. Thurman Munson, I said with the Yankees, Roberto Clemente, who was delivering aid to Puerto Rico and had a crash and died. Unfulfilled potential just uh, it's just a sad sad thing and our heroes i mean i i, I can only imagine it would have just destroyed me something happened to my childhood heroes and so i know a lot of people who grew up with kobe for 20 years uh, uh will feel this loss for uh, a significant amount of time i turn to you guys on the sports line and got your take on it 832-941-6614 this is a segment that we call we the people In the We the People segment, we either go over poll questions or uh, we uh, hear from you guys directly. And this time out, let's hear what you guys had to say about Kobe Bryant. Hi, Devin. This is EL. First and foremost, I want to offer my thoughts and prayers to the Bryant, Chester, Mauser, Bobian, and Altabelli families. 
I know a lot of people here in Lubbock may know members of the Alto Belly family because Coach Alto's nephew, Bo, played baseball for Tech, and he coaches down the road in Midland. But I just hope that all the families know that our heart goes out to them. I don't think any celebrity death hit me quite like Kobe's. Since his retirement, he has still kept that Mamba mentality by being productive and maintaining excellence. But he had a mellowed Steph Curry vibe. We see more of the dad side of him smiling on the sideline with his daughter. But the one thing I really want to thank Kobe for is all the lessons that he has given to all of us. In particular, I appreciate how he mended his relationships with anybody he may have beef with in his younger days, whether it be him and Shaq or the competitive wedge the media tried to place between him and Braun or whoever. But without knowing what would happen, he made peace with those guys. And I watched the interview with T.O. the other day. And in honor of Kobe, I really believe he had let go of a lot of the anger that he had towards certain people, whether it be Skip Bayless or McNabb. And that just illustrates the impact Kobe had on a lot of people. Life is just too short to harbor or promote hate towards anybody. Hey, Devin. This is Kalina. And I wanted to express my thoughts on the passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the seven other passengers and pilots of the helicopter crash on Sunday. Obviously, Kobe is such a big deal in basketball and as a family man, but it has impacted me personally far beyond his work in basketball and who he was as a a philanthropist and um, somebody who was trying to do good in this world. It is a horrific reminder to me that death comes for all of us and so much of the time we expect it to happen in the future or in a way that is drastic like cancer or all of these families. It devastates me that they're were husbands and wives and their children on this flight. And um, my heart just grieves, and it will continue to grieve for the lives of these people and what they have brought and what they could have brought had they continued to live longer. Thank you for giving everyone the opportunity to express how they feel. And I look forward to listening to you and others. Thanks so much. Hello, this is Arnie Bryant. Just want to comment on the tragic death of Kobe Bryant. Always speaking as player he was. Even though I hated comparisons for him to Jordan, I always respect everything he's done with career, everything he's done with the Lakers. First and peace, one of the greatest ever did it. And I'm out. Want to thank those folks for calling our very own Kalina, a member of the special teams unit, checked in. El, our guy from uh, Lubbock, Texas, he checked in as well. We certainly appreciate the feedback. And then you saw in the last call, or uh, heard in the last with the last call, just succinct. I, you know how uh, you could just feel that he was affected. And I certainly appreciate uh, the calls and want to encourage you guys to give us a call at 832-941-6614 if you want to talk about anything and everything pertaining to Kobe. But, man, a huge, huge loss, and we wanted to give it its just due here 
on the podcast, and we will do so uh, after this. I'm going to take a time out, and when we come back, we are going to hear from Daniel Ewing, former NBA player, former uh, Duke Blue Devil. We'll talk a little bit about the Dukies as well and, and other things with him, but mostly about Kobe on the other side. This is Briefcast 55 of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast on KTSUradio.com and any major platform you get your podcasts. All aboard your non-stop getaway to the weekend. It's the Friday Express with yours truly, Devin Wade, each and every Friday from 7 p.m. until 10, where we feature a little bit of this. A little bit of this. And a whole lot of this. End your work week and start your weekend with your non-stop getaway to the weekend. The Friday Express with Devin Wade exclusively on KTSU 90.9, your community station. Shelly Wade, and welcome back to Sports Talk with Devin Wade. As promised, now joined by former Duke Blue Devil and NBA and international basketball player Daniel Ewing from the greater Houston area, from Missouri City. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, man, it's been a, uh, a tumultuous week in the NBA, and of course, you are part of the NBA fraternity. Give us your initial thoughts. Obviously, everybody seems to be rightfully so in shock over the death of Kobe Bryant. Uh, what were your thoughts when you first heard uh, of the tragic passing of, of Kobe Bryant? Hello, first of all, thanks for having me, Devin. But man, yes, these past few days have, have been real heavy for me personally. And just, uh, as you said, just for everyone around the world. Initially, the news was very shocking and surprising, and I was in disbelief for, for, for a while, for pretty much that whole day until the until a lot of the confirmation started coming in. The most heartbreaking part about it was just, uh, it was sad enough that Kobe had passed away, but then with the confirmations coming in that his daughter was on the on the, on the, on board also, and, and the other families and the other the other two girls, man, it, it's just, it was, it's been a it's been a, a rough a rough past couple of days. Now I know for you guys, and I wanted to have you on specifically because I know you played in LA, and I know you played internationally, so you kind of got a little bit of a vibe. But before I get into the LA thing, as a fraternity. I mean, you were one of the elite. The fact that you made it to the NBA and one of the best in the entire world at what you do, do you feel that sentiment? Because I'm hearing that from a lot of guys across the country about, you know, we are NBA family. You are a part of that fraternity. Does it impact you more because he was a member of that NBA fraternity? You know what? It does. It does, Devin, but it sucks that it had to come from an instance, an incident like this for you to really feel to feel like that life is so short and so precious, man. And, and we take, we take our, our, our days and, and the hours that we have, the time that we have, we, we take it for granted. And uh, just incidents like this, unfortunate tragedies like this really 
uh, is a wake up call to remind you that, man, you, you really need to reach out to pe- so-called people that you call your, your friends or your brothers or, you know, your loved ones and, and let them know exactly how you're feeling. And, and if it's just, you know, just to let them know that you love them and that you appreciate them, man. No question about that. Now, you played in Los Angeles, and, of course, you guys were rivals, uh, rivals of sorts. And uh, You had an opportunity to play against Kobe, is that correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. How was sure that? Did. Yeah, t- tell us about actually lacing him up going up against Kobe. I actually got a, a pretty good story, but, I mean, I was I was a young – I was a rookie my first two years. Uh, the Lakers at the time, was, they weren't championship-caliber Laker teams, but Kobe was still Kobe. Uh, actually, my rookie year, uh, midway through the season, I actually started like six games for for our team, and one of those six games were, were was against the Lakers. Of course, we both play at the same arena, but they was the home team, I believe, that game. And we was the away team. And the story goes, I, I started the game. My my assignment was Kobe, so I had Kobe, you know, one on one. Wasn't really getting any help, any double team. So the first half went pretty well. I, I actually think we was winning the game at halftime. Kobe only had 12 points. For strategy reasons, I didn't play a lot the, the rest of the, the second half. I played like three minutes in the, in the, in the third quarter and then played the rest of the game. And uh, Kobe ended up ending the game with 50 points and the game winning shot. <laughs> Just that quick. Huh? Just, yeah. as, as a player, now, of course, you, you mean the elite of the elite are in the NBA. What made him so special on the court and, and having to face him down and play against him? The first thing that come come to mind is you know his, just his his competitiveness and his hunger and his you know his drive and his will to win. Uh, you know we we always compare that those those attributes that Kobe have to to be Michael Jordan like, and it it was in in some sense and in a lot of ways he had that that factor just to get it done. You know he had a way to to will himself and to will his team to to win games. But we also can't forget that he was already a, a guy given special talent. In his own right, combined with all all those other intangible things that that he had and his work ethic, uh, his footwork, just man, he was Kobe was a, he was a maniac at, at pursuing greatness, and and that's why we talk about him the way we do, and we've coined this Mamba mentality after him because he just had a different mentality. It was it was it was head and shoulders above everybody else. That's high praise considering uh, the NBA is a league full of alpha males. Now, the uh, and shifting gears a little bit, I want to ask you, because you do have the unique perspective of playing in Europe and you got a chance to travel all over Europe, uh, talk a little bit about how people viewed him abroad. It's really no different than how we how we how he's viewed here in America. Greatness is greatness no matter if it's here on Earth or if it's in Mars or Pluto, like greatness is greatness. So Kobe's greatness as a basketball player, it, it speaks for itself and it and it travels internationally to China, to Europe, you know, where Africa. I mean, uh, people love Kobe, the basketball player, and, and what he's done, his career is, is very well respected and the things he's accomplished. So when you were playing abroad, obviously I know uh, the the teams within the country had a lot of fans. Did you see a lot of uh, NBA jerseys? Did you see any Kobe jerseys uh, through the years uh, when you as as your travels sort of took you all over Europe? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say jer. I mean jerseys because uh, when you interact with the fans, the older the older just say the older uh, fan base wouldn't likely have a, a jersey on. So you would have to be around a lot of kids possibly to see that. But his shoes were definitely prevalent on the basketball courts throughout my career in Europe. That's a tribute to, you know, guys possibly just wanting to be like Kobe 
and the fact that they just you know they they love the shoe that uh, was modeled after his after his game each year. I know that last time we spoke, you were trying to decide if you were going to go to continue your career in Europe. I mean, you played, put in a lot of years. You were contemplating sort of retirement. Uh, where are you standing in your personal journey with basketball? Have, are you, have you hung up the sneakers yet, or you still uh, have an opportunity to get out there and play? Will you take it? Yeah, I've, I've hung them up, man. Like I said, since the last time we talked, I was kind of contemplating, trying to figure out, you know, what what I was going to do next and, and find that space in my in my life in my career, and so uh, yeah, after this past year I played in 2019, the second half of the season uh, in Romania for a team, and then after the season I just I decided that you know I would I would officially call it quit. Was that a tough decision for you? And and is it tougher because you're talking about having to travel and maybe be away from your family? It was it's a tough decision because I've been doing this for so long, you know, and and just to try to have to figure out uh, what's next for you when you don't necessarily have something specific that you're going into. That's what makes it tough, you know, adjusting to being at home when you're not used to being at home, getting on schedule. Uh, everyday life is is different when you've been doing You You had set time to do things for, for 14 years. But, you know, it, it's been uh, I've, it's been an adjustment. It's been a transition. I've had a lot of support with friends and other guys who went through this transition. So they've made it a little bit easier. So now I'm just focusing on uh, pursuing what's next for me uh, and, and possibly in the, in the TV broadcasting uh, space. Well, I've seen uh, on Instagram you're doing some things already working with children and sort of spreading the, the message of what it takes to be the best version of themselves and how to accomplish some of the things. That I, and I just saw that today. So it, I, obviously you've been active already with camps and reaching out to kids. Uh, are you doing more things along those lines these days as well? I'm just trying to do a little bit of, of a lot of things to kind of make up the time until I until I get something you know permanent. Uh, but I've been around uh, the TJ Ford basketball uh, program for as long as he's had it, so over a decade now, I, I believe. And yeah, I mean that was just this past weekend we had the TJ Ford Academy, and we had about you know 80 to 90 kids from sixth to, to eighth grade come out, and and we tried to put on a good clinic for them to learn and to grow and to have fun and, and to teach them and share some of some of our experiences that the coaches that we had there to share our experiences uh, on what it takes, like you said, what it takes to become uh, an elite athlete, the best athlete you can be, the best person you can be, and, and how to be the best you can be or whatever it is you, you're trying to accomplish. Couple more things before we let you get out of here. Uh, you talk about T.J. Ford, your high school classmate. How folks uh, associate Shaq and Kobe being together, at least locally in the Greater Houston area. Uh, people talk about you guys together and what you guys were able to do at Willow Ridge. Uh, have you talked, uh, spoken with him over the last couple of days in, in light of what happened to Kobe? Does it make you guys bond a little bit closer? Coincidentally, uh, like I said, I was doing his camp, doing this academy with him. I happened to ride with him that day. So the, when we started getting the messages about what happened, the news, we was actually in the car together. I mean, me and him, we have a we have a long lasting friendship. Uh, I mean, that's almost like we're almost like brothers. Uh, we're together so much. We know so much about each other. We've shared so many moments together. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, things like that gives you a chance to reflect and, and remind you that, like I said, life is precious, man. And, and you need to cherish the moments that you have with your loved ones, close friends, and, and let them know how you feel, why you can, because tomorrow is not promised to us. 
No question. One, one more thing. Uh, I saw something interesting at Duke, your alma mater. Coach K getting on uh, on the, the Cameron Crazies there uh, for giving K, Jeff Capo a hard time. Did you see that? And what are your thoughts on seeing Coach K kind of scold and chide his own? Actually, I actually did catch it. I wasn't surprised because I've seen him do that stuff while I was there. I mean, he's very conscious about what the Cameron Crazies chant and say to the other to the opponents. And uh, I, yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him scold a scold a student section before on saying things that he felt was inappropriate about a mostly about a player. I really didn't know what they were saying about at the time. I really couldn't catch what the fans were saying, the chant they were saying about Capel. But the fact that I, in, in his interview, I just he said that all he heard was Capel, and that was you know he just kind of wanted to make you know he wanted to just nip it in the bud because you know like you said like he was saying you could hit you could read his lips. He was saying he's one of ours. Which he is. I mean, he comes. He, he's a former Duke player. He was a, a former assistant coach for us. So, uh, you you know, you always want to want to treat your own with with the utmost respect. I mean, like I said, I, I've seen it before, so I wasn't surprised. <laughs> that. And finally, how can folks reach out to you on social media? Um, because again, I mean, obviously, I know you are, are going to be exploring different opportunities. But if folks want to just follow you and see what you're up to, how can they find you on uh, different social media platforms? Well, I, I just have Instagram, so you can uh, you can look me up at Mr. Daniel Ewing on Instagram, and that's Mr. The abbreviation M R Daniel Ewing uh, on Instagram. Well, I certainly appreciate it, and uh, maybe we'll touch base in the future uh, as the NBA playoffs roll around and and get your perspective on. Are you watching a lot of NBA these days? By the way, man, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm watching it, man. It's it's kind of tough. It's been some 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 good ball, and it's been some a lot of bad basketball. But you know, I, I'm gonna watch basketball all day, every day, as long as I got time. <laughs> Well, we maybe I'll visit with you uh, and get your thoughts on the NBA in in the near future. We certainly appreciate you taking up time. I appreciate you having me, Devin. Right, thank you. Great insight from former NBA player Daniel Ewing, and I suspect we uh, will hear from him in the near future about basketball. And now he's retired. He has time to kick it sometimes uh, on the podcast. But with that, before I let go. Before I let go. Before I let go, hey, I want to thank you guys for tuning in. I want to remind you guys you can call 832-941-6614 for uh, comments. Uh, leave comments on any and everything you want to 24 hours a day, and we will work them into the podcast. And, of course, wadeswordproductions.com is your website for everything, all things Devin Wade. In addition to that, you can follow me on Twitter at wadesword and, of course, on Facebook, the Sports Talk with Devin Wade page. And group getting out of here, Super Bowl edition coming up. But until next time, as always, have a great day. Hey.